Good evening. We wish to greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. And we trust that you've had a worshipful day. And this evening, I have three uh, brethren up here with me of the Aaronic Order. And I do believe and know that the Aaronic Order has such an important place in this church and in this work. And so as I selected these men, it's only three of the Aaronic Order that it's there. It's uh, three of them from the Aaronic Order. We have many others in the Aaronic Order. But I thought it was important to support our brother Mark. And I would commend to you this night the Aaronic ministry and that of the teacher that we will be receiving from tonight, from our brother Mark. I would ask for your prayers and your consideration for him and for what the Lord has for us that will help prepare us and make us ready for the ministry that yet awaits all of us. For a call to worship, I have a selected from Psalms 107, starting in verse 29. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. And brothers and sisters, in this uh, day and age, we, we look around and we have trials all around us. And as uh, a few testimonies I've heard of recent have uh, told me and witness to me that sometimes we do not understand why the Lord allows these things to happen to us. And sometimes we don't know in the midst of the storm why these are upon us. And we are told to have faith, faith in God, faith in Jesus Christ. But sometimes, brothers and sisters, we need to just trust. Because although we have faith, we need to trust that what is happening is for the betterment for the good of the gospel. And so I would commend to you not only faith, but trust in the midst of these storms. And he will calm them as he has. And he will bring us into that safe haven at last, which is the, the kingdom of God, which is Zion. And so we will continue in our worship with the singing of, of hymn number 66.
Most gracious Heavenly Father, again we gather in your house this night. Though we are few in number, we know, O Lord, that where three or more are gathered, your Spirit will come and dwell with us. So we would ask that it would be here in abundance this night, even though we are few. Continue to bless us as you have so many times in the past. May your Spirit touch each heart who have came here this day that you'll continue to bless us in our walk of life, that you will be guiding us in every way, that we would be mindful of the the loving uh, sacrifice that you provided for us in in your Son. Help us to be that kind of servant that you would want us to be, to be to be doing things that would be worthy of and acceptable unto you always. So bless us in this hour. Bless our brother Mark as he brings the message. Touch his heart and may he bring those words that he has prepared under your spirit. And we ask these blessings now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. My scripture reading comes from the book of Ether, chapter 1, no, no, yeah, chapter 1, verses 61 through 67. One of the subjects I'll be talking tonight about is prayer. And this is one of the greatest prayers in all the scriptures. As you recall, this is the prayer of brother, the brother of Jared, praying about how to light, how to provide light for the barges. And this is his prayer. O Lord, thou hast said that we must be encompassed about by the floods. Now behold, O Lord, and do not be angry with thy servant because of his weakness before thee. For we know that thou art holy and dwellest in the heavens and that we are unworthy before thee. Because of the fall, our natures have become evil continually. Nevertheless, O Lord, thou hast given us a commandment that we must call upon thee, that from thee we may receive according to our desires. Behold, O Lord, thou hast smitten us because of our iniquity and hast driven us forth, and for this many years we have been in the wilderness. Nevertheless, thou hast been merciful unto us. O Lord, look upon me in pity, and turn away thine anger from this thy people, and suffer not that they shall go forth across this raging deep in darkness. But behold these things which I have molten out of the rock. And I know, O Lord, that thou hast all power and can do whatsoever thou wilt for the benefit of man. Therefore, touch these stones, O Lord, with thy finger, and prepare them that they may shine forth in darkness, and they shall shine forth unto us in the vessels which we have prepared, that we may have light while we shall cross the sea. Behold, O Lord, thou canst do this. We know that thou art able to show forth great power, which looks small unto the understanding of men.
What do the scriptures teach? Tonight I'm going to be talking about three different subjects. And they're all taken from what the scriptures say, which might be slightly different than what we may believe. For example, the uh, sacrament of the Lord's Supper is often called the communion. And yet it's also called the sacrament. So I wanted to tell you that in the scriptures, the word communion appears six times. And only two times referring to the Lord's Supper. This is what in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 16, this is what the Apostle Paul says. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? See, he doesn't actually call it the communion, but the secular world, or not the secular world, the, the other churches, as that's all they, they've known, is just they, they just assumed it was called the communion. Now the word sacrament appears 14 times in the scriptures, eight of them referring to the Lord's Supper. So I'd like to read a scripture from Doctrine and Covenants, section 26, verse 1b. For behold, I say unto you, that it mattereth not what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, when ye partake of the sacrament, if it so be that ye do it with an eye single to my glory. So another thing I wish to take a minute to speak about is um, we, we call ourselves saints because that's what the Lord calls his people. But people of the world, they call themselves Christians. And so I want to say the word saint appears over 150 times in the scriptures. And so let's see here. Okay, I've got a scripture to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ, Jesus, called to be saints, with all that is every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Now the word Christian appears eight times. And it's a strange little thing about the Book of Mormon. There is one point in which Mormon, no, it's Moroni, the uh, enemies of the church called the people of the church Christians. But you see, the important thing is, it's the enemy of the church that comes up with the word Christian. God calls his people saints. I don't know why Moroni did not know that. Here I'd like to read from Alma, chapter 21, verses 43 and 44. And he bowed himself to the earth, and he prayed mightily unto his God for the blessings of liberty to rest upon his brethren, so long as there should be a band of Christians remain to possess the land. For thus were all the true believers of Christ who belonged to the church of God called, by those who did not belong to the church. And those who did belong to the church were faithful. So now I want to talk about prayer. 
That's going to be the main portion of my sermon tonight. Um, when we have um, our priesthood meetings once a month, our pastor has started having a short class taught by various members of the priesthood. And there was one that he taught a class that I thought was absolutely outstanding. And so I felt that I should pray or preach on that tonight. So I won't, I won't say who he is. I don't want to single him out. But these scriptures and all, he, the Lord worked out for him to get, and they're just tremendous. So I, I believe that all major prayers should consist of referring to a deity, God the Father or Lord, and they should include words of praise. Now, praise, words of praise is not what a lot of people think. A lot of people think you say praise the Lord and you're giving him praise, but you're not. You're saying you praise the Lord. The way you praise the Lord is to mention his attributes, which is what he is. He is a God of love, grace, truth, mercy, kindness. The list is almost endless. And our prayers should consist of thanksgiving. I have been told I was given the still small voice when I was baptized. And I was told on two separate occasions that he likes to bless me because I thank him so much. And then the prayers can consist of requests. And it should include the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I, I wondered... Does it matter if we say in the name of Jesus or should we say in the name of Christ or in the name of Jesus Christ? I asked the Lord what to do and he told me to look up to look at to the uh, sacrament prayers which say Jesus Christ. Now, whom do we pray to? I'd like to read from 3 Nephi chapter 8 verse 51. These are the words of Jesus. He said, For Satan desireth to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Therefore, you must always pray unto the Father in my name. And whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, which is right, believing that you shall receive, behold, it shall be given unto you. Now, I'd also like to read from... 3 Nephi chapter 8, verse 52, which I guess is the, the very next verse. Jesus said, Pray in your families unto the Father, always in my name, that your wives and your children may be blessed. Now there is a little bit longer of a scripture I'd like to read, taken from 3 book of Nephi chapter 8. These are all 51, 52, 53, and 54. So we already read 51 and 52, so now we'll read um, verses 53 and 54. Jesus said, And behold, ye shall meet together oft, and ye shall not forbid any man from coming unto you when ye shall meet together. But suffer them that they may come unto you, and forbid them not. But if ye shall pray for them, and shall not cast them out, and if it so be that they come unto you, ye shall pray for them unto the Father in my name, 
Therefore, hold up your light that it may shine unto the world. Now, I'd also like to read a short scripture from the same book, 3 Nephi chapter 8, verse 61. Again, this is Jesus speaking. Therefore, if ye know that a man is unworthy to eat and drink of my flesh and blood, ye shall forbid him. Nevertheless, ye shall not cast him out from among you, but ye shall minister unto him, and shall pray for him unto the Father in my name. Now, there's an important scripture that says, Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. So that's why I included so many witnesses of that, that idea. Um, so you see, the scriptures teach, even Jesus himself taught, that we pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus. So a lot of people I've heard pray to Jesus, and that's not what the scriptures teach. So, we come to another important part. God and Jesus are not the same being. It is true, he says, the Father and I are one, but that means one in the same spirit. They totally agree with each other. They're not one in the same being. They are one in the spirit, meaning that they totally 100% agree, and what one says, the other one would say, and so on. So I have a couple scriptures. <clears throat> I'd like to read from Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. And he, Jesus, went a little farther and fell down on his face and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Now you see, some people believe that Jesus and God are the same being. But if that were true, would he have prayed to himself in the Garden of Gethsemane? I mean, think about it. If Jesus and God were the same being, then who was Jesus praying to in the Garden of Gethsemane? And also I'd like to read from church history. It says that Joseph Smith saw two beings. Now this was brought up again this morning, which is interesting. One of them spake unto the other, calling me by name, and said, pointing to the other, This is my beloved son, hear him. That's found in Church History, Volume 1, Chapter 2, Page 9. Now, some people might think, well, if the scriptures say something happened, like so-and-so did this, that that makes it okay. But no, that's, that doesn't make it okay. I say, pray not by example. For example, I'd like to read... 3 Nephi chapter 9, verses 18 and 19. And it came to pass that when they had all knelt down upon the earth, he, Jesus, commanded his disciples that they should pray. And behold, they began to pray, and they did pray unto Jesus, calling him their Lord and their God. Now that's an instance in which people prayed to Jesus, but they weren't commanded to. They weren't, you know, say, and Jesus didn't, you know, reprimand them or anything. But still, like I said, what he said earlier was, pray to the Father in my name. Now, like, like, like I was saying, 
I'd like to read from Jacob chapter 1, verse 15. And now it came to pass that the people of Nephi, under the reign of the second king, began to grow hard in their hearts and indulge themselves somewhat in wicked practices, such as like unto David of old, desiring many wives and concubines, and also Solomon his son. Now there's an example. You know, some people will say like our our cousins in Utah. One time I had a discussion with them about this subject. And they said, well, it says David and Solomon have many wives and concubines, so why can't we? But that's taking it out of context. We, uh, I, I think it says here, well, yeah, yeah, it says here, it began to grow hard in their hearts and indulge in somewhat wicked practices. So yes, it says that having many wives and concubines is wicked. So I'd like to go over some examples and guidelines of prayer. I'd like to read from... Book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 10 through 15. Now this is the, the Lord's Prayer as found in Matthew. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And suffer us not to be led into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. I'd also like to read from the book of Luke, chapter 11, verses 2 through 4, which is like a second witness, pretty much the same prayer word for word. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth, so in, be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And let us not be led into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and power. Amen. Now I'd like to read from John, book of John, chapter 16, verse 23. And in that day you shall ask me nothing, but it shall be done unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Now, how often should we pray? I'd like to read from Psalms, chapter 55, verses 16 and 17. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray, and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. I'd also like to read from Second Nephi chapter 14, verses 11 and 12. For if you would hearken unto the Spirit which teacheth the man to pray, ye would know that ye must pray. 
For the evil spirit teaches not a man to pray, but teaches him that he must not pray. But behold, I say unto you, that you must pray always and not faint, that you must not perform anything unto the Lord, save in the first place you shall pray unto the Father in the name of Christ, that he will consecrate thy performance unto thee, that thy performance may be for the welfare of thy soul. A good example of how often to pray. I'd also like to read from the Doctrine and Covenants, section 18, verse 4a. And again, I command thee that thou shalt pray vocally as well as in thy heart, yea, before the world as well as in secret, in public as well as in private. Now I'd like to read from Doctrine and Covenants, section 18, Eight, verse 8, 6a. No, chapter 8, verse 6a. Something like that. Pray always, and I will pour out my Spirit upon you, and great shall be your blessing. Yea, even more than if you should obtain treasures of earth and corruptness to the extent thereof. Corruptibleness. So what things should we pray for? Here's a long scripture. Um, this is going to read from the book of Alma, chapter 16, verses 219 to 222. Yea, humble yourselves and continue in prayer unto him. Cry unto him when ye are in your fields, yea, over all your flocks. Cry unto him in your houses, yea, over all your household, both morning, midday, and evening. Yea, cry unto him against the power of your enemies. Yea, cry unto him against the devil, who is an enemy to all righteousness. Cry unto him over the crops of your fields, that ye may prosper in them. Yea, cry over... I added the yea. Cry over the flocks of your fields, that they may increase. But this is not all. You must pour out your souls in your closets, and your secret places, and in your wilderness. Yea, when you do not cry unto the Lord, let your hearts be full, drawn out in prayer unto him continually for your welfare, and also for the welfare of those who are around you. So, what, answer, what do answers to prayer look like? The eventual fulfillment can be found in Luke chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into the mountain to pray, and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. I'd like to read from the book of Mosiah, chapter 11, verses 56 through 64. 
Yet he exercised authority over them and put tasks upon them and put taskmasters over them. And it came to pass that so great were their afflictions that they began to cry mightily to God. And Amulon commanded them that they should stop their cries. And he put guards over them to watch them. And whosoever should be found calling upon God should be put to death. And Alma and his people did not raise their voices to the Lord their God, but did pour out their hearts to him. And he did know the thoughts of their hearts. And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord came to them in their afflictions, saying, Lift up your heads and be of good comfort, for I know of the covenant which ye have made unto me, and I will covenant with this my people and deliver them out of bondage. And I will also ease the burdens which I put upon your shoulders, that even ye cannot feel them upon your backs, even while you are in bondage. And this will I do, that ye may stand as witness for me hereafter, and that ye may know of a surety that I, the Lord God, do visit my people in their afflictions. And now it came to pass that the burdens which were laid upon Alma and his brethren were made light. Yea, the Lord did strengthen them that they could hear, that they could bear up their burdens with ease, and they did submit cheerfully and with patience to all the will of the Lord. I guess that's the end. Yep. I haven't marked or read it the 65th verse, but that's all right. So, what happens if the answer to your prayer is no, or the Lord refuses to give what you ask for? I'd like to read from the book James, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. From whence came wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war on your numbers, on your members, sorry. Ye lust and ye have not. Ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain, ye fight and war. Yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may, con- that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Tonight I have taught what the scriptures teach. My intent was to make sure I did not offend anybody. I did not tell you, you should do this, not that. I didn't do that. All I did was teach you what the scriptures had to say on those subjects. Thank you.
Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for all of the blessings that you've given us for this time with you in your house and for the ministry we receive tonight. We pray that you'll watch over us uh, as we go forth this week to our uh, jobs and tasks at hand, that we may remember you always to, to minister to those around us, and that we will always uh, keep you in our hearts, that uh, those to whom we encounter will know that we are servants of yours. And this we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.